and welcome back to Sustainability Warriors. Yes, um, today is our last episode and we have a very special guest with us if you'd like to introduce yourself. Sure. I'm a sustainability warrior in training. <laughs> uh, Amy Novak, uh, president here at St. Ambrose University. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. We only have 30 minutes. We're so excited. Like the, the whole week, we had 30 minutes. Yeah. We got it. We figured Very it lucky. out. Absolutely. Um, before we get into like our topic, we have one question to ask. Everyone else has Anto's question, but what is your favorite bathroom on campus? Oh, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go, since I'm with you, I'm going to go with the, <laughs> with the ones that actually have the automatic faucets that turn on and yeah, off because right. it just feels like we waste less water um, with some of those. So some of the buildings have that nice feature in them. Okay. Do any of them next to your office have that? No, unfortunately not. And the ones next to our office are rather confined. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Old yeah. building, but older building mm-hmm. needs a little bit of an update. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that answer though. Very sustainable. <laughs> um, so, uh, what a lot of what we want to talk about today is what we can do on campus and like mm-hmm. where you see the future of sustainability on campus. Um, so, but first, why do you think it's important to care about climate change? Well, I think fundamentally, um, living in a healthy environment makes all of us approach well-being differently, right? Mm -hmm. And so we can be well if our environment is healthy. And that has a broad definition to it. But ultimately, when we're caring for the earth and what surrounds us, we're ultimately also protecting our own health. We're strengthening the well-being of our communities. And we're just putting ourselves in a position, I think, to be um, a healthier community and a healthier world when we're being attentive to what keeps this earth vibrant. Mm -hmm. So that for me is why we do what we do. I think there's also a piece of our faith tradition that also calls us to be stewards of the earth and certainly invites us to be in, you know, dialogue and conversation with one another about how do we build sustainable practices into what we're doing. Um, Because ultimately, we want stronger communities, we want healthier people. And when we have that, the rest of it begins to be much less um, toxic or less uncivil because fundamentally we've created an environment where people want to be and live and thrive in. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. We had Dr. Coomber and Dr. Keel on last week. We talked about the Christianity and the Mm -hmm. environment intersect and like it was really interesting because we don't talk about it as much as we probably should. Right. I think Pope Francis, at least from the Catholic tradition, has given us some really strong writing on this Mm -hmm. recently and a really powerful reminder that it's not, you know, humanity with subservience over. It's really this conjoining of Mm -hmm. the earth and humanity together that collectively we steward, you know, in a way the earth protects us and we protect the earth. And that's a beautiful metaphor, I think, for how we need to think about sustainability whether it's at the organizational level or at the family level or at the personal level. so Yeah, we got to read what he wrote. Um, it's very interesting and very progressive like with the environment and just right. talking about mm-hmm. like the impacts of climate change. And I thought it was really awesome. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect to see that from a pope, I guess. Yeah, or it hasn't been yeah, as, as we much. Haven't, we haven't had yeah. that Exposure, focus. Yeah. And I think it's really exciting the Diocese of Davenport adopted sort of a seven-year sustainability plan. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you're beginning to see that 
focus from the Pope trickle down even at the local level yeah. to how do we think more thorough, more thoughtfully about sustainability, whether it's in the construction of buildings or what mm. our churches do or how we minister to people, um, you know, our food source, all of those things play into this discussion around sustainability mm-hmm. and protection of the, of the earth. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, the next we wanted to ask you what sustainability initiatives you take in your own life. So that's a great question. Um, I would say we do a lot of sort of basic things like Mm -hmm. recycling and um, being sensitive to the types of cars we buy that, you know, it can ensure good gas mileage. Um, We used to do a lot of composting. Uh, Since we moved here last year, we didn't get a garden. So we're hoping to get that sort of up and running this year again um, to do some of those things. Growing up, I didn't, we didn't use... um, we didn't use any pesticides in our yard. I mean, we used all sorts of organic uh, fertilizers and things to be able to help sort of, and we're doing the same thing now. Um, similarly, I would say um, sensitive to things like water use, which in a family of 10 may seem a little <laughs> bit like, how do you do that? But we actually, for a really long time, and it was probably not always driven by sustainability. It was more driven by how much hot water we had available to people. <laughs> but we sort of had a timer, you know, where you used only so much water, and then, you know, you were out and your sibling was in. Um, we bought low-flush toilets, you know, the toilets oh. that had. So those are some things that, at least previously, we moved into this house. It doesn't have all those features. But one of the conversations my husband and I have had is we know we need um, a new furnace, a new air conditioning unit. And is there a way for us to start thinking about solar on our house mm-hmm. or, you you know, some of those things. Because again, um, I grew up in a family where that was being experimented with in the 1970s and 1980s. So we were doing a lot in that respect um, really early on in my childhood. So it was pretty formative as part of who I am. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah we had a windmill. We had geothermal. Ooh, wow, that's really awesome. <laughs> we had a lot of different things that were, wow, <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. Mainly we had a lot more bugs in our refrigerator because we were trying to use biological <laughs> pest control to wow. sort of get rid of these other pests. But that meant we didn't have food in the fridge. We had bugs. So that my <laughs> friends would come over and be like, what is this about? You know, so anyway, just some things in that regard. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what we want to talk about next is what changes do you want to see on campus, like sustainability wise? And we were talking about our three big ones mm-hmm. um, as graduate. I wrote down a sustainability department, which I think is already starting to be developed, mm-hmm. um, a more comprehensive recycling program, um, and then renewable energy. I think Emma has similar ones. Yeah, I also said um, I'd really like to see renewable energy. Um, uh, sustainability director position or just a sustainability department and then divesting from fossil fuels or any other like investment like that. Mm-hmm. So we were wondering what your like top three things, if you could do them right now. I think first of all, it's creating a culture of sustainability. Yeah. So for me, it's just a, a lot about awareness. And I think that's been built. I think you have been really helpful in that. But we also have a nice faculty team that's also sort of elevating and amplifying the importance of sustainability across the campus. That to me is something that has to be ongoing. You yes. know, like if two people graduate, we can't like go back down the hill. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you want to make sure you always have the infrastructure to make in, to ensure the cultural component, which is how do you have a culture that embraces and supports sustainability? So that's first. Um, secondly, and I think we've given some support to this, but kind of a 
a graduate assistant, some of the, like mm-hmm. a plan to how do we get sort of the infrastructure mm-hmm. of sustainability. So beyond, you know, the really good student work that's being done, is there a graduate assistant? Is there a part of a faculty load that could be dedicated to looking at sustainability practices mm-hmm. on campus and really assessing their effectiveness and being able to tell the story about that? Um, I'm certainly aware of, and we are looking at um, some grant opportunities around renewable, mm-hmm. um, y- you know, renewables as it relates to solar or things that we could be putting on as we renovate buildings, how do we approach that from a sustainability lens, yeah. right? So um, can new carpets, for example, be recycled fibers? Can um, the paint we use be low, le- you know, make sure that that's all the low lead and, and low impact paints? Um, and, and even, for example, when we went through the cleaning services contract, the fact that they were going to be able to offer some less toxic uh, cleaning com- compounds that were being used was part of the decision-making factor. So yeah. we asked people for, you know, tell us a little bit about um, in the contract process, how you practice sustainability. So that's a cultural piece, but again, I think it's just building on that as we go forward. So mm-hmm. um, I think all of what you're talking about is possible. It's just building the infrastructure to make that a reality. And yeah. so you usually don't go from zero to a hundred right. in terms of, you know, how do you get from really limited to now everybody recycling or, you know, when we go to athletic events, I'd love to have more recycling right Mm -hmm. there um, or just ways that we could use less disposables, you know, um, anything that just reduces the impact in that respect is I think pretty important. Um, The other side of it is we're doing some campus master planning work. And part of that includes attentiveness to sustainability in the master planning process. Um, We're involving some faculty, we'll involve some students in that process, but also the green space we have on campus. So how does that green space sort of reflect the values that we have as an institution? And what do we, you know, if we have, I'll give you an example. I was, um, I think you requested uh, chairs. Oh, yeah. Adirondack chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, this sort of circled, somehow it landed at me. <laughs> what, what happened was I was in early, and one of the physical plant guys was like 645, and he goes, do you need into your office? I go, I do. So he was going to get his thing, so we're talking. As uh-huh. He's like, you know, one of the students requested we. I'm like, okay, well, let me show you this solar-powered picnic table that I've been looking at for a long time. So this is a picnic table. It has uh, solar power, and you can plug in, use your device at it, but it's all rechargeable through solar. Oh. And um, so, you know, like even when we put those kinds of furnishings down, are there ways that we could think about how those types of furnishings could reflect recycled product or um, could it be solar powered picnic tables that allow students to work outside and Mm -hmm. also recharge their devices while Mm -hmm. they're doing it? So I think there's a lot of cool things that we can do that start to help um, tell that story for St. Ambrose. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be really important to like right when freshmen get here to tell them like our values and like have sustainability mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in our values so that they know that we do it and they don't like find out about it like later. Mm-hmm. Right. It'd be like right up front. That's the culture piece I'm talking yeah. about. So right. like it's getting everybody on the same sheet of paper. Like this is just the expectation. You recycle your cans, you recycle your pop cans or whatever you have, mm-hmm. or you, you know, are sensitive to how much waste you create. Mm-hmm. Um, so even like when I've had student gatherings, I've tried to say, we're just going to use, we're not using paper plates and paper cups and paper everything. Like, let's just try and limit yes. <laughs> um, the amount of paper waste. Um, or can we get recycled fiber boxes or things that we know will be much more decompostable? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are important things. 
Yeah, because yeah. I think especially if we make an emphasis here on sustainability, then people will hopefully buy into that and then bring it back to their communities and it'll just like yeah. spread. Absolutely. Hopefully. <laughs> right. Um, so what do you think that students right now can do to help see like those changes that we want and just be just promote sustainability on campus? Well, I think the work your group has done has already heightened it. So I think building on that, you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. But I I did say, um, I don't know if it was to you or if it was maybe to Amy or Dennis, um, the sustainability faculty leads on this. I said, I'd love to see, you know, sort of a three to four year plan. Like, where do we want to get? And so as students are coming through the pipeline, they know where we started and, you know, where we're headed and mm-hmm. what goals we want to achieve and mm-hmm. how we do that. So for me, it's like building some plans to make that intentional. Yeah. So in a way, how do we bring that into the orientation experience? How is that in the first year experience where we, we have a committee that's working on redoing general education? Can sustainability be part of the course content, you know, in the scientific literacy yeah. area? Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, you know, there's just ways I think we can begin to think more intentionally um, about how it gets integrated into the student experience. Okay. Is there anything like faculty and staff can do more to promote or like alumni or... Um, probably. I mean, I, I will say, I think we have some alumni helping us with some of the grant work. You know, they opened the doors to say there's some federal grants available for, you know, some of these sustainable projects. I think faculty are being very attentive to how we do this. Um, Part of it's just getting stuff off the ground. So when we put into the campus master plan that we wanted to at least be attentive to sustainability, you know, that's progress step one, Mm -hmm. you know, how that then lives itself out in terms of what we build or what we renovate and how that looks. Mm -hmm. I mean, will be important as we go forward. Yeah. So do you think the more students that like push for sustainability or are involved with environmental things that will help as well? Sure. I think anytime there's a, you know, momentum by students, things get more attention. Mm-hmm. And so um, as you go forward, I'm hopeful that this group continues to really, I mean, there was a great turnout for your Litterpalooza, even yeah. though it was kind of marginal yeah. weather. Yeah. Um, and I bopped over there really quickly in between things, but it was just, you know, there's a lot of students involved in that. Mm-hmm. So that's great. And um, so are there ways that we can continue to make sure that we're building the leadership infrastructure among mm-hmm. students to carry that work forward too yeah, and okay. to motivate them. I honestly, I don't think this is going away. Mm-hmm. So my sense is that among, especially your generation, you're really leaders in this space. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm encouraged that this is a priority and I think yeah. it will continue to be as we go forward. Yeah. I mean, even just from like my freshman year to now, we've done so much and our group has grown a lot grown like twice the size Mm -hmm. I think yeah that's fantastic I think when I came here I was at club fest and as a freshman and there wasn't a green life club I was like where's the environmental club and they were like oh like it's been inactive for like five years so it's awesome that it's grown Mm -hmm. to where it is now for my freshman year (laughs) and that's what I'm so one of the other things were um and I think Dennis um Tarasi proposed this and now we're actually taking it for um, next year is we're going to create some scholarship options for Mm -hmm. students coming in who want to Mm -hmm. commit to working in sustainability, right? And I think that's another way that we can incentivize um, the ongoing student support of that effort. So Yeah, Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so good things coming. (laughs) Yeah, I'm encouraged by everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have our, like, Green Life, we have such a good leadership group and, Mm -hmm. like, people – 
that. I mean, we pretty much all work together in that group yeah. anyway. So I'm really encouraged that we're yeah. going to keep I mean, going. even beyond the community of St. Ambrose, right, there's a lot of work that we could also be doing within the larger Quad yeah, Cities community. Right. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, you sort of want to live in your own backyard, but then how do you start to repair and be role models and advocates for this kind of work in the larger community? And um, I think just like we're, in many respects, people come to us for issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion because yeah. we have faculty who and staff who can offer expertise in that area. I think going forward, there may be mm-hmm. opportunities for us to really put kind of a stake in the ground around sustainability. Mm-hmm. And the other interesting dynamic here is on a national level, and you probably know this from the business side of things, but there's um, some new reporting that has to happen on audits, yep. and it's around this sensitivity to sustainability and corporate practices and you know inclusion mm-hmm. efforts. And so all of these things are somewhat lumped, but you're now hearing for the first time business, not for the first time, but you're hearing more business leaders talk about the importance of sustainability in their organizations. Yes. So when we had the Innovation Summit, Although it didn't come up a lot in the things people mentioned when we pulled all the data together, in the top four among trends, you know, was, you know, remote work and the pace of technology, but sustainability. And so that's, you know, how will climate change impact my organization Mm -hmm. or how will sustainable practices influence, you know, my organization? And so clearly... This is bubbling up not just among students, but in at the organizational level and in the C-suite level yeah. um, to draw attention to the importance of these kinds of conversations. Yeah. So to my mind, we would be doing a disservice to students to not be building into our curriculum a way for them to become literate about sustainability yes. and to really understand what it is because they're going to be talking about it within yes. their mm-hmm. industry, regardless of what that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear about the Innovation Summit, though, because I spoke at that and was right. there for a while, um, but then I had to leave. But my right. table didn't really talk about sustainability as much, but I was really hoping that it would come up. Right, So right. that's really that's yeah, so, happy that we talked <laughs> about it. There you go. That. It came up. You <laughs> know, so, and, and sometimes we all approach things from what we know. But it was interesting, like, that came up more frequently than I had heard in my Mm -hmm. sort of walk around the room. So I think when people actually got to sort of write down, um, that was Mm -hmm. there. And so I think that's noteworthy. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing about like climate change is that obviously not everyone like agrees on it, but I think more and more people are starting to see that there'll be a lot of like financial harm that can come from it. Mm -hmm. And so they're starting to pay attention to it. Which, like, we hope that they would pay attention to it because of just, like, from, you know, like, Mm -hmm. a... From a care of the earth. Yeah, for the sake of everybody else. But, like, it is interesting now that more people pay attention to it now that it will have, like, some economic impacts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's progress. And I think sometimes we approach people from different lenses. So if if it is the finances that matter to someone and that's what gets sustainability through the door, then Mm -hmm. that's what we use to get through the door, right? Um, And if it's more of the care and concern of the well-being of a community, then that's the leverage we use to be in conversation or dialogue with them. So, uh, but it's complex. I mean, as you know, this is a very complex issue. I was just listening to this book, audio book, um, during some of my travels and I'm like, I, I don't know that I realize the extent to which the petrochemical industry and the creation of plastics right now is such a significant arm of healthcare. Oh, and yeah. so they were talking, for example, about how much, how many of our medical devices mm. have 
plastics in them, right? And right. plastics are fed through petrochemicals. And so, you know, you can't just quit something without mm -hmm. having this sort of plan to be able to say what becomes mm -hmm. the outcome of that. So many people in healthcare would say, well, it's made those devices more affordable. Yeah. It makes them more, um, you know, safe for the patient. They're, they're not you know, transmitting, you know, germs or bacterias or things that could be harmful. But at what expense, right, from a, from a usage of petrochemicals. So, I mean, I just think it's complex. Yeah. And mm -hmm. even if we move toward renewables in wind or solar or geothermal, we still have a lot of work to do on the capacity issue. Like, yes. how do we store this? And mm -hmm. how do we store extensive amounts of it for how long? And how do we build the transmission capacity for all of that so that it can be a really viable alternative? So there's just lots of complexity to it. Obviously, things like nuclear, there's cleaner coal. I mean, there's people playing in lots of different spaces here, all of which have the impact a capacity to impact the environment. I always think we're at least making better choices, Yeah. right? But it is going to take, I think, a lot of leadership from your generation to say, how do we build the infrastructure? I mean, the infrastructure for oil and gas didn't get built overnight. Mm -hmm. How do we build the infrastructure now for some of these um, renewables so that we know yeah. it has a shot at being more sustainable? Or how do we build the infrastructure to convince people in farming of regenerative agriculture practices and their value proposition. So, you know, there's a lot of continuing education that's going to accompany the work that we need to do in the next decade or two decades. Yeah. yeah. So. And with building infrastructure too, like obviously that like creates carbon emissions. Like we can't just like not yeah, I mean, I think the it. idea of, zero, of carbon neutral or net carbon, net zero carbon, you know, like there's interesting conversations about what does that even mean? Because in part, some of what we build creates, you know, is created yeah. by mm -hmm. carbon-based emissions. So, I mean, there's just, this is a complex topic. It doesn't mean we shouldn't continue to work yeah. making mm -hmm. progress and strides toward, toward creating um, more sustainable practices in all of those areas. Because... You know, maybe when we started this, we didn't know the harm. Now we do. Yeah. And so now what, what we do with that is reflective of, I think, the innovative approach we take to trying to build build out the infrastructure to support that next yeah. um, place and stage that we end up in. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but how do you think St. Ambrose can become a leader in sustainability in the Quad Cities area? Uh, well, to be for one thing, I think just a modeling what we say we do. Yes. So if you know the more we can move toward practices all the way across campus, whether it's in the academic areas, but also just in physical plant and in athletics and in um, you know just everywhere, the more we model that, right, that starts to be then evidence of how we practice it. Um, the second piece I would say is I expect that going forward, as companies need this expertise, we may be able to promote and support faculty positions, or maybe it's a minor in sustainability, mm -hmm. maybe it's micro-credentials in sustainability, mm -hmm. but that could essentially um, see be there for people to see us as an educational resource, um, the kinds of internship experiences our students engage in, right? All of those could be ways that we could evidence our work so that we could be sort of a um, model for the Quad Cities about how this happens. Mm -hmm. 
So, and there's, to be honest with you, there's some big foundations that are getting behind this work, right? Mm -hmm. And so we also could think about, are there ways, you know, that we could pilot some things even for the Quad Cities and then what we learn could help inform Mm -hmm. other companies or nonprofits or the city itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think universities are so important for communities and just like for innovation. And I think that San Rose has a really good opportunity to be a leader in that. Yeah, I'm excited. I think that there's a lot of opportunity at St. Ambrose. And Mm -hmm. we just, um, I think coming out of COVID can really maybe be a a premier partner to people who are trying to make some transformation possible within their companies. Yeah. Um, What do you think some of the biggest challenges will be moving forward? trying to get well I mean this is the business uh, you know this is is the response you have to give to any legitimate CFO who asks you like what's the payoff of this investment Mm, right and so we know that there's a non-tangible payoff which is it's hard for us to necessarily quantify um, the value of just clean air clean water but we know from a health perspective clean air clean water matter and Mm. um, you know we know that um, protecting the earth matters how we exactly say that's the value that we associate with that good um, is a little bit harder. But, you know, we have to be able to make decisions that at least can pay off over time, right? And I think so knowing if we move to solar that we have the transmission to handle solar and that we can store some solar and that that decision pays off over time, I think is an easier easier to overcome the barriers of the financial question about sustainability, which for some people just have to be answered for it to be for people yeah. to get buy-in to. So what I've been pleased about here is I think, generally speaking, the cabinet and the leadership team, the deans, have been very supportive of this conversation. It's now continuing to help our board see the value of this and just making that case more frequently than um, maybe we've made it in the past and, and asking the right questions. So um, you asked recently about, I just asked how many students have ever asked about the endowment. And they're like, no one's ever asked us. Well, then two mm-hmm. days later, Emma asked. It's yeah. like somebody read my mind. But, you know, like those are legitimate questions. And how do we think about what we do and say? And how does that model, um, you know, our efforts as we go forward? Mm-hmm. So there's this question in the endowment, like how much how much mm-hmm. are we invested in the energy sector and in what part of the energy sector are we in? And how do we, you know, divest is one thing, but that's kind of a global term. So what specifically does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and what what is that look like um, knowing that some of what we continue to do relies on petrochemicals or plastics mm-hmm. or fuel to heat dorms, you know, like, so it, it's easier said then, I mean, that's a catchphrase, but I like to get a little bit deeper to ask, what are we really trying to say with what we're doing? Yeah. And then how do we get at that mm-hmm. more specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So does that answer, did I answer your yeah. question? Yeah. I yeah. just started rambling. I no, said, no, like, oh yeah. My gosh. That was good. No, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's exciting to see where Ambrose is going to go with Let you. Me, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So if in your dream world, I mean, you talked about some things you'd like to see Ambrose be able to do, but what concerns you most? What do you see as the biggest challenge? At Ambrose? Or? Mm-hmm. I think it's like to change the culture of like students to care. Because I think so many students think if I individually do this, it won't make an impact. So I think it's just changing the culture with students at least. Mm-hmm which is really hard in my opinion. Yeah. And not even in a sustainability, but just 
culture generally. Yeah. All like around. just engagement. Yeah. Engagement's really hard here, I think. I think it's hard everywhere. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to say, I think probably. especially this year coming out of the pandemic, it just exactly. feels even a little bit tougher. Yeah. I would agree with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but even from just doing this for like this semester, I feel like a lot more people are interested in sustainability than mm-hmm. I ever realized. I just think that they either don't have time to join Green Life or like they're not like interested mm-hmm. in that way, but they do care, but they're not sure how to do anything about it. So I think that if we have this culture that is environmentally friendly, then we can get those people who are kind of like on the edge, mm-hmm. like all the way over and then start like working on the other people who aren't interested right. at all. So I think, yeah, that's what like the biggest challenge is, is getting people interested in it. I think it might be interesting for you to think about um, like a club pledge mm-hmm. where you invited other clubs to make a commitment to sustainability. That's a right? great idea. Like how can we work collaboratively with the groups that are right. already engaging in different activities? So could, could everybody pledge to work to reduce paper consumption or could everybody pledge at their events to recycle products? Right. You know, like maybe there's ways to just think about at a student government policy level, yeah. ways that could encourage right. um, sustainable practices. So it kind of gets embedded in the practice of different organizations yeah. inherently within the practice yeah. of student government. Yeah, so I think we talked about before giving presentations to like the club presidents about sustainability things, but I don't know what we never did anything with that recently. I, w- I don't remember when we talked about that. It was a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think definitely that's a great idea. Yeah. And I think social media would help with that a mm-hmm. lot, like mm-hmm. posting, like, oh, look at me. And- yeah, or just a- affirming the good work mm-hmm. in places. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just – I think you can influence your peers in ways that we probably can create policy at the administrative level, mm-hmm. but it's really about how student how other students are practicing it. Right. Yeah. And so – Maybe there's ways you could motivate future leaders of Green Life or whatever to think about, could we create a sustainability pledge or could we create a, you know, effort that we commit to help us identify what's your roadblocks to sustainability mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. your club or organization? Um, yeah, I think it would be huge. If- with some examples for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it would be huge if we could get like dance marathon to pledge yeah. to be like a sustainable event. Right. Because they're like, they're the- like have like such big events on campus. Right. I think that would be. Like that would be a great way. goal, right, yeah. for your club is mm-hmm. to just say, what would it take to even for the first year be 50% more sustainable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so what would that mean we do? Yeah. And we can obviously help with that. I mean, not us, but <laughs> Green Life could help with that. Right, and right. I just think that would be a good yeah. way to start that. Mm-hmm. And whatever other clubs like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would be great. But yeah. Um, that's like all the questions we have. Do anything else that you wanted to say or ask or anything like that? Not at this time. I'm yeah. no. I just want to say thanks for your great service. I mean, yeah. I think it's been notable what both of you have done on campus, and I got. Um, I think it was midway, well, probably April that I listened to my first podcast and I'm like, wow, I was totally impressed. I forwarded it on to my brother who's big into sustainability and looking at a number of different projects related to solar right now. And so he's like, this is so encouraging. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to say thank you for your leadership and for your engagement and a really important topic and one that I think will be foundational to St. Ambrose as it goes forward. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for your support and being here today. My pleasure. It's fun. Fun. Nice break in the day. Oh, yes, for sure.
We're back. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> just had an interview with the president. No big deal. <laughs> that was very fun, though. I think for, that was a very important conversation mm-hmm. to have. I think we made progress. I really like the idea with the clubs. I also I really like too. So Dennis and Amy, if you're listening, you yes, or we, Riley yeah. and Sydney. Sydney, everyone on Green Life, we're doing this next year. <laughs> Laura and I are making you do it. Yes. We're gonna have like surprise visits. No, we're not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm closing the yearbook. I'm not coming back. Now I'll come back a little bit. But I'm not <laughs> just pick something. <sighs> I'm coming back. Uh, okay, Laura. Can't get rid of me that fast. No. Oh gosh. You know it's finals week. I'm f- so tired. I am exhausted. I can't even get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm gonna get up at 8 a.m. and do my homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was up to like, I was in Galvin like doing my art project last night at two a.m. Jesus, and I went to bed at three because I have to relax before I go to bed or I can't sleep. Mm. Yeah, but I also didn't go there until like ten, so like it's oh. kind of my fault. Yeah, but I have to finish it tonight. What's your final art project? It's um, we're making tiny houses. Oh, I keep seeing that in yeah. the email. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. yeah. So we had to like do um sketch like sketch it out and then we had to do a blueprint so it had to be like accurate (laughs) which math is so fun and then we're making it um I don't know I can't remember what it's called but it's like styrofoam and then like paper on either side and it's like not very thick I can't remember what it's called right now does it have like anything to do with like the tiny homes in downtown Davenport yeah he did mention that our professor did um like how they're it's like low income housing kind of thingy but he's also talking about how like people like real estate people in cities don't always like them because they make this money because they're not as expensive and like property tax and i don't know actually i don't really know that much about property tax don't quote me on that (laughs) i don't know but yeah i get it but like stop wanting (laughs) money just let us live in small houses (laughs) evil yeah but mine's really cute it's green on the inside you should post it on the no instagram no it's okay <laughs> it's not done yet i need to work on it it's due at 8 a.m tomorrow morning wait 8 a.m that's just when our final time is oh so we have to like go over yeah yeah <laughs> okay we have questions we ask questions on uh we ask for questions on instagram we got four responses one from, from two different people <laughs> one from claire my sister and then Four. No, three from Dennis Tracy. Thank you, guys. <laughs> um, what would we do without Dennis? I don't Claire? know. <laughs> okay, Laura, what are your future plans? I feel like we've talked about this, but we can just, like, end it. Well, I guess I have, like, an update. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Wait. Okay. Well, yes. I'm really just taking the summer to, like, relax, but I'm going to take master gardening classes with my mom. <laughs> um, And then I'm going to Germany for, like, 12 days. Um. It's like a study abroad trip through my church. That's so exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just had this, my second interview with Sydney Axney's campaign for U.S. Congress. But I'm not sure if I actually want it. I just wanted to interview. Yeah. I'm guessing I'll get it just because how are the projections going. Yeah. But they want me to start like after I get back from Germany. And I was like, I don't want to start till August if I get the job. <laughs> and also I work like 60 hours a week and get one day off. 60? Yeah. Because that's, camp- that's how campaigns are. Do you get it's like 3500 a month which is like if you calculate it's like 15 dollars an hour oh that's pretty good yeah i'm like 
I could get $15 an hour without a college degree, though, somewhere. True. But I it's important. That's what you care about. It's important work, but I don't know. How we'll long see. is it go? When's the end? Like the When the midterm, like oh, okay. November 3rd. Okay. So it would be like a temporary job. Yeah. But I have to move to Des Moines for it. Should be cool. I've heard Des Moines is a great place for young professionals. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, you learn in your business course. No, I've just, I don't know, probably Facebook. I don't know. I've just heard that. Yeah. But then hopefully I go to, I'll take a year off and then go to grad school. I'm yeah. not sure where, not sure what, but. <laughs> she hit the microphone. We'll see. I'll figure it out. It's, it's exciting though. I know. But you have bigger plans. Not really. I'm not going to <laughs> Germany. I'm moving to Iowa City. I feel like I'm moving to Germany. I'm moving to Germany. Peace out. I can't start a job until August because I have to absorb all of what I learned in Germany. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this Sunday I'm moving to Iowa City, which oh. is kind of stressful because it's going to be busy. Yeah. That's and I'm tired, but it's okay. It'll be fun. So I'm moving to Iowa City. I'm just going to be working over the summer. Then the fall, um, like when normal classes start, I'm starting um, a a sustainable development master's program at Iowa. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. And it'll just be a good time. And it's kind of confusing because it's like the first year for the program. So I only need to do one year of classes and then I could graduate with my master's. But then I can also do like a second year of like a a project with a community partner. Mm, be cool. So we're going to, they said we'd talk about it more like when we start classes and stuff. But I'm really excited for it. I think it'll be fun. How many people are in the class? I didn't like know. Four? So like, I don't know how many people are in the program. They said they were only going to take like five to ten the first year. Okay. Um. So I don't know, like, if they got that number or not, because I don't know, like, how many people mm-hmm. applied or whatever. Um, but the classes are just, like, graduate-level classes. They're not, like, a specific – it's not, like, a program where, like, you take all the same classes with the same people. Mm-hmm. So it's, like – I mean, obviously, like, we'll be in, like, the same classes, mm-hmm. like, the people in the program, but there'll be other people in there, too. Oh, okay. Because I was, like, worried. I'm, like – we're gonna be like shy people in these classes what if they drive me insane literally like what if you don't like that? yeah but no it's all good but i i like iowa it's pretty yeah iowa city is so yeah. nice i was told yesterday that by sam sanson that i don't <laughs> seem like a quad cities person and i was trying to figure out like what do i seem like then and she i go i go iowa city goes iowa city she goes yeah <laughs> yeah and i was like why i was like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem like you're from bettendorf if that in a good, not to yeah. be rude to other people from Bettendorf, but <laughs> Laura is just really cool. <laughs> it's just like a thing. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. But she, anyways, I won't go into depth. No one cares about that conversation. You're just like more eclectic, in a good way, than Bettendorf <laughs> is typically. Dorf. Bettendorf. Okay. Why is it named that? Because mm, it's better. No. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, Next question. Pick one of Dennis's questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hop in your time machine and fly back to January. Ooh. How would you do this differently? Um, well, we didn't get started. I mean, we got started in February. Yeah. Um, so that probably, I mean... If we had started, we could have started in January if mm. we 
got our stuff together, but we didn't um, because why? Because I don't know why. I don't know what we were doing. Um, <laughs> I would also go back and not get COVID in February. Yeah. But we started pretty on time, though. Yeah. But it was, like, slightly delayed. Yeah. Um, I would say, I don't know. I think doing it every week was a lot more than I thought. Yeah. But I don't regret that. No. But I think if you're going to do a podcast, <laughs> podcast advice, um, depending on, like, what you're talking about, like, if you need to do any, like, research or, like, set up guests and stuff, I would do it every other week if you are yeah. planning on doing it longer for one less semester. That's what, yeah. It's like, I mean, we didn't do, like, intensive research every time or, like, have a guest every week. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a lot to, like, coordinate sometimes. Even if, if maybe if it wasn't that much, but, like, it was just, like, another thing to think about. Exactly. So. On top of everything else. On top of everything. <laughs> yeah, and we're already, like, very busy. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think that's maybe start earlier. Yeah. What about you? I would agree with you on that, but I think, I think. I think I would have maybe tried to engage with students oh, yeah. more, like, on our podcast. Like, East Hub's, like, one episode where we bring in, like, maybe, like, two two student, like, dance marathon. Mm-hmm. Like, that could be kind of interesting, though. Yeah. I don't know how they would. But, or, like, even, like, I don't know. Just, like, or, like, we could have got around and, like, interviewed students if we yeah. had time. Yeah. And, like, somehow, like, That's made that into an episode. That's a great I think that would be interesting just yeah. to hear... Yeah. I don't know. Because I think at least the reason why, like, I didn't want to have students on is because I feel like that opened a big can of worms. Because people right. are already asked to be on it a lot, even though most people were joking mm-hmm. um, that they wanted to be on it. But, like, how do we, like, actually pick the right people and not just be right. like, because they're our friends. Right. Um, but I, I don't think, I think that, I also wanted to do that, like, mm-hmm. get people, like, students' perspective right. and put in an episode, but we just ran out of time. I think if we had another year, like, I would try to amplify the student oh, yeah. voices more. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would also be fun um, if we did, like, a live show. Do you know how, like, podcasters do that? They'll, like, tour and, like, have a live show. And then it's, like, recorded and they upload it. <sighs> is, but, like, how is that different from this? Because they have a live audience. Oh, but who would come? Well, I don't know. We, we, have, five, f- we have friends. And then we could take audience questions. I think that would have been fun. That would be cool. Or if we did, like, out on, like, WRC. Yeah. So, like, people could just stop yeah. and listen for, like, five minutes. Yeah. But definitely more, like, engagement. I think we yeah. I think we brought more awareness to campus and engagement that way. But, uh-huh. um, but yeah. But I think we set a good base for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's very fun. <laughs> okay. Uh... This is a hard question. What was your favorite interview and why? Dennis is really just asking the hard questions. Like, he's just really going at it here. Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) I liked all of them. Um, I know. They're so good. They're all so good. Crickets. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. Amy was our first. Yeah. Amy was our first interview. That was really fun. She was fun. But there, I think there's something I could say about yeah, each interview that I really liked because everyone was different. Like some of them we like 
laughed like the entire time. It was so funny. And then some of them, like, Dennis taught us so much. Yeah. Um, Savelle gave us career advice. Yeah, like an idea. We could have a magazine after yeah. who else? Daniil. She was funny. She was funny. It um, was really fun. Micah and. Yeah. We were really fun. That was. They were like complete opposites. It's so too. funny. Lisa was really smart. Yeah. Talked about streaky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why it's so fun. You never knew what they were going to say. <laughs> oh, so fun. I'm trying to think who else we have on. Jen. Oh, oh yes. That was very fun, too. I like. I really liked that, learning more about um, different cultures and, like, uh-huh. how that is all related. But that... I mean, I, I liked all of them. Like, Dennis, that's just, like, an impossible question. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you should expect us to answer that. <laughs> no. Definitely not. But, yeah. It was... We also... We haven't done a podcast by ourselves at all. I know. I guess, technically, President Novak. It's kind of, like, less pressure, because, like... Yeah. Whenever a professor's up here, I feel like I should not be the same. Oh, yeah. Not the same, A little but, more like, professional. A little more professional, a little more knowledgeable. Yeah. <laughs> Another question that Dennis <laughs> asked, what do you wish first year Emma and Laura had known about sustainability plus in general? Like if you want to do something, just go for it. Like oh, yeah. you don't like wait around for anyone else. Cause like no one else is going to do it or like do it the way that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think I've just learned that like taking the initiative on things, like there's always like someone there to support you or like who will like help you or like, I don't know. It's just, like, so easy to do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> There's just some, like, I don't think I'll ever, like, that's all I'll miss. Like, I don't, I won't have the resources, like, I, out, out there. Yeah. Beyond this true. campus, like, I do here. And yeah. Just do what you want, because no one is that concerned. Yeah. I, w- um, I would say, like, about sustainability, I yeah. kind of wish I became more interested in it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um. Just because, like, even, like, last year, I was, like, obviously involved, but, like, I was very involved this year. Like, I can't imagine, of like, how much, how many things I could have done if I started yeah, my freshman year. I, know. I, I don't regret, like, the journey at all. No. Like, um, no. But sometimes I think it would been really cool, like, if I had been this interested in it for this long, that the change that could have come. Yeah. But also, like, I don't regret anything, so. No. Yeah, I agree. I wish I would have joined. I was in Green Life. I just never went. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really go that much either. Uh, I saw the other things that I was yeah. doing. Yeah. And then I say, like, for in general, what I wish I had known my first year, just, like, life advice. <laughs> I would say I wish that I, like, cared a lot less about, like, I don't even think, like, other people like judge that much or if they do they catch themselves mm-hmm. um but like just like do whatever you want yeah like I do that now and I love <laughs> yeah. it I know it's so much more fun it is like and you like build so many more relationships and stuff yeah or even just like what I wear too this isn't really particularly on topic 
But, right. like, I just, like, wear whatever I want, and I don't care. Like, today, I'm literally wearing all pink and cowboy boots. Like, what am I wearing? Cute, too. Thank you. I wish I'd gotten, like, fashionable today. Like, well, we're on. both wearing pink, so. Kind of gross. But. You're not gross. <laughs> but, like, I wish I just had learned to, like, express myself earlier mm-hmm. into college and just didn't care because it doesn't matter. Because I'd rather, like, look back and be like, oh, that outfit's so ugly. But at least I was, like... <laughs> Do, trying to do something and instead of just like not right. trying to like make sure I didn't stand out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just like general right. advice. But thrifting can help you find your personal style. <laughs> so there yeah, are. Yeah, I know. Related back I to sustainability. But I feel like thrifting like became popular just like among our generation. Yeah, I would agree with that. The one that was like junior year maybe junior year was when I started getting into thrifting. Yeah. I mean, maybe I was just old enough and didn't care what everyone thought by that time. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, when you have to, like, make things work, and if, like, especially, like, if they, you can't, they don't, like, have your size mm-hmm. and, like, what you want, you have to, like, find what it does fit you and make it yeah. work. I just, I think it's, it helps with your mm-hmm. personal style and expression. Yeah. Another thing is I wish I would have just, like, developed more relationship relationships with, like, faculty and staff, like, earlier yeah. on. Yeah. Like, I don't think I cared enough to, like, Talk to them beyond class, like freshman, sophomore year. I was like, oh, they're just there. Yeah. But now I'm like, they're so cool. And yeah. Fun. I think that's what I liked a lot about this podcast is like, I've gotten to see, like, from building these relationships, I've gotten to see more of like, like, what they're actually like outside of class and like right. personally. Like, because obviously not like, it should still be a professional relationship. Right. Um, but I think professors are so cool. Because it's like, I know. Yeah, most of them have a PhD. They're like, a doctor. You know how crazy that is? Like, we're working with, like, the top. Yeah. The, the top 1%. <laughs> no. No, no not, like, not in that context. But, yeah. Like, like that, they're so, like, stupid smart. Like, experts. And, like, yes. for what? Like, why are you so smart? I know. Like, it's so interesting to talk to them because they always are, like, quirky and, like, do weird things. I know. I'm like, I vibe with you. <laughs> yeah. So, it's just, it's a... Uh, great opportunity to interact with really right. interesting people i know and uh, they can teach you a lot and they normally have like a lot of different experiences like they've exactly. normally been to like a lot of different countries and just like studied weird things and like <laughs> cool stuff like that right i know so i think yeah that's what i'm gonna miss the most i think about well i mean i'm still gonna be in higher education but like that's what i'm I really gonna miss is like those people i know I can't just go to their office and bother them. Yeah. It's fine. Well, we'll find some other people to bother. <laughs> um, what is a topic oh, right. that you would like to talk, that you would have liked to talk about on this podcast but we just ran out of time? Or like a guest or something that you want to talk about? Oh my gosh. I always wanted to bring Tad on here. Tad Rutnick? Yeah. <laughs> He's so chill. Um, but like a topic... Oh gosh, I think. I always thought it'd be interesting to bring like Steve Finn or like someone from housekeeping to talk yeah. more about like how like the barriers mm-hmm. within like their departments or something. But I don't know a topic like beyond like Ambrose. Um, yeah. I think an interesting topic would be talking about like how environmentally damaging like war is that would be really cool yeah 
The only thing though, like I think that's an interesting topic to talk about, but like, what am I gonna do about it? Just be like stop, stop, war. <laughs> stop it. Listen. I mean, like obviously, like there's things you can do, um, mm-hmm. like investing in different, less different things. Right. Um, but like that one's less actionable than other personal things that you can do. Yeah, I I also think it'd be interesting to bring on like another person, like similar to Jin, like from a different culture, and mm-hmm. see like from like whatever perspective or culture like how they do sustainability different and like what we can learn from that yeah i don't know i'm trying to th- we didn't i'm trying to think of like what departments we d- kind of didn't touch on we didn't do a lot of business we didn't do, yeah we didn't do business we didn't do politi- we didn't even do political side. we didn't do our own department i feel like we talked about them though right. in our yeah because we were already interested in that right. so we already talked about it like as topics like um, on our own right um we did like history oh that's true that would have been interesting too mm-hmm. what other departments nursing Healthcare, yeah. Healthcare. We kind of talked about it a little bit with like yeah. disability, a little. Oh right. Um, I don't know. I don't know what part what departments exist anymore. I don't. English. Know. <laughs> English. Computer science. There's like so many. I know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to talk about like your phone, because like doesn't your phone has like ways that you can like make it more sustainable what i've read <laughs> what? <laughs> i've read online that like like do like certain things like deleting emails and stuff like that 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 oh because like the storage capacity or something yeah oh. i don't know or just like digitally like how huh. that's interesting yeah it's weird i don't even know how to explain it yeah i read it one somewhere that yeah. weird not weird interesting yeah honestly though i think we could get I mean, I maybe this isn't true, but I feel like in every department here at St. Ambrose, there could be someone who could talk about something. Right, for sure. Because, like, it's involved in everything. Exactly. Like, it's not just, like, a humanities issue or, like, mm-hmm. biology. Like, it's everything. Right. I'm not really sure how it relates to math. I'm sure we can make that work. Um, <laughs> I didn't think about that one. But, yeah, it relates yeah. to everything. So, mm-hmm. I think we could interview every department on campus and come up with something interesting to listen to right exactly um but for our final question (laughs) of this entire podcast what do you hope comes out of this i I mean like i always have an answer but i'm like (laughs) it's just so everyone expects me to say i want to say something different i don't know i hope another podcast comes out of it um I know there's a couple students who like talked about it, but uh, I think that they should like maybe we should like brief them on like mm-hmm. how often they should do it and like that aspect. But, yeah, I don't know. I hope the fight doesn't end here. Yeah, I think like Dennis and Amy and all of them are gonna do a ton without mm-hmm. us, obviously. But at least in student wise, I don't know. I hope they build a building and name it after us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just If you do that, I hope we it, get a bench. <gasps> we get a bench. It has to be sustainable, though. It has to be out of sustainable materials. Paper. Paper. <laughs> Why do you have paper bench? I don't know. <laughs> Plant a tree. I don't know. What do you hope comes... N- seriously. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I hope this is just kind of like the catalyst yeah. for environmental care on campus. Um, so I know I got a lot of people talking. Mm-hmm. So I hope that that just keeps going. And I also hope people like pick it up. Right. That's what, like, I hope it doesn't stop. No, I think I'm really encouraged by, um, obviously we're like in the same generations, but like people who are like mm-hmm. incoming, like freshmen and like younger than me, like they right. really do care mm-hmm. and like about a whole bunch of social issues that I didn't even like learn about until a few mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so I feel like they're ahead of where I was. Right. Um, so I think they're already coming into college caring about these issues and I hadn't even learned about them yet. Um, so I'm encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll be watching. Making sure watching. <laughs> so someone cool. needs to step up. Yeah. But no, I'm, I hope that things keep going. And even mm-hmm. if it's not like if, people don't like keep doing a podcast like i just want like more people to join green life more people to be on the sustainability committee um more people like coming to our earth day events and just like participating in general exactly yeah i hope we like empowered people because like yeah we do a lot but it shouldn't just be us like it should be yeah collective thing and i think that we have a lot of power and we probably could do more empowering Mm -hmm. than we are but i hope that's podcast has empowered some of you to go out there because like the world is your i hate this term (laughs) the world is your oyster (laughs) but like like you can you can do so much here yes you really can and like don't let like your insecurities or like not feeling confident like stop you like just like talk to someone about it Mm -hmm. and just go for it and i hope to that this was like a kind of a fun way to engage with some of these like hard mm-hmm. issues yeah. because like if we like sat down and talked about it like seriously mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would want to listen to it because it's not fun exactly it's yeah. not light topics um but I hope that we made it more like approachable right yeah because uh, that was kind of like the goal overall mm-hmm. to be have it be more conversational right, and yeah. lighthearted, even though it's not lighthearted. Um, like, I just remember when we were, when Danielle was here and we were talking about environmental racism, we were laughing the whole episode, which is not quite appropriate for like, it, like, but we were like right. talking about the important things, but we were like joking and stuff like that too. But I feel like that makes it more approachable. I know. Yeah. I don't think it diminished. No, okay. but it, I just thought it was kind of like funny. Yeah. Well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. As I I think it's important to have those like serious conversations, mm-hmm. but like it can kind of it makes you sad <laughs> like some of the stuff. So it's important yeah. to and to give people solutions too. Right. Um like kind of what we talked about with Savelle like don't just like tell us all the bad news without mm-hmm. offering any sort right. of hope or solutions. It makes people sad. It makes me sad. <laughs> The world doesn't care if you're sad. Oh, thanks. <laughs> the world will go on without you. We learned that. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, but I had so much fun doing this. I know. Like, it was a lot of work, but I think it was worth it. I agree. It's one of my favorite memories. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, it is. we weren't, like, doing it for anything. I mean, Mm-mm. we were to, like, spread message and stuff, but, like, 
like this isn't an internship we're not getting uh-uh. paid this isn't we're not getting yeah. credit we just wanted to do it it was fun and i think that makes it better i know that like we're doing it not because we feel obligated to just right. because like we wanted to so i had a lot of fun Thank you, Laura, for <laughs> texting me about this. And, I mean, whatever. Was it December or January? I don't know. All I, don't all know. I know is I was in Fairway with my mom. <laughs> I said this before. That's where it all started. And I was like, yes, we're doing this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we're graduating on Saturday. That's scary. I know. It is, but. I, I'm going to cry, I think. Oh, that's fine. I cried on Sunday night walking home from the Beehive. Oh. <gasps> So I was like, this is my last time walking home on a Sunday night doing homework. Oh. And I looked around at all the buildings and I was like. That <laughs> <laughs> is so sentimental. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Definitely going to miss it, but there's some, well, you'll still always have like the same community. I mean, we're not all going to be in the same place. Yeah. But, like with social media helps a lot. And right. We're going to come back for homecoming and we're just going to be like terrors. Be like, why is there recycling? Where's the recycling? <laughs> Remember there wasn't recycling at the uh, inauguration? Like when oh, I was yeah. Dennis, I was like, what is this? And Dennis had his like, wa- like he kept reusing like his plastic one. Yeah. That's where it all started. They're going to be like, someone's going to hold like a paper cup and going to slap out of their hands like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Off the record. Off the record. Um, <sighs> oh, yes. We have to. We could like. But we could like do every other word. Okay. This podcast was recorded at the studios of K A L A F M St. Ambrose University. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of K A L A Radio or St. Ambrose University. That's so much easier. Guys, you don't know how hard it is to say K A L A. It's so hard. It's so hard to say it. It is. And it makes me nervous every time. That made, I didn't have to say it, so that made me feel so much better. Thank you, oh, I said it both times? Yes. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Evil laugh. <laughs> we better wrap it up. Yeah. But thank you guys for being our audience for yeah. these past few months. I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah. the good thing is that you can always go back and listen to them. <laughs> always. Always go back. They're always there. <laughs> we'll never leave them never alone. Um, but yeah, well, thank you yeah. guys for the support. Yeah, thanks for the support. It meant a lot, especially all, like, all the emails and compliments. Mm-hmm. And when people t- um, told me it was funny, that made me happy too. Yeah. I thought that was nice. Um, but yeah, we got to say our little catchphrase last time. <laughs> Dear. I have to say it right though. I'm just, I know what it is now this time. We count it down. Okay, three, two, one. Go, go green and go, go bees. bees. Bye. Bye.